the story. Right, let's see. Chris, is that a different poll? Nope. Same poll? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I guess so. So, we're ready to our regular scheduled council meeting. So, we start off with our pledge of allegiance. On there still, he might be just. All right, so Jeff's here, just can't speak. Pamana? Here. Gorman? Here. Gilbert? Here. Mayor Cole is here. All right, first up, we will uh, start with our remarks from the audience. If there's anybody online or is first like to be heard, please just state your name and address, and you've got three minutes to address your remarks. Anybody online? What have we heard this tonight? Actually, it would be um, 83. We've got the budget. So, 80, resolution 83 will be authorized in the uh, wax standard. That'll be added to the consent agenda. So, then we can make a motion to approve the consent agenda with the addition of resolution 83 2023. So, we'll move Thanks. All right, Council Members Peter? Yes. Booker? Yes. Booker? Everybody back in? 
He's on, but I'm just going to see if I can. Yes. 
is number one, ask if anybody on the council has any questions about those recommendations. Do they have any other areas of suggested enforcement uh, of things that we could do in addition to those? And then lastly, uh, get concurrence of the mayor and council if they're in support of this uh, set of recommendations to ask the beach and the police department and our municipal team uh, to support that path going forward. So that's item number one, Mayor. Any questions? I have one on the seawall aspect. Uh, the goal is the police department would put their primary focus along the seawall so that they could respond to things going on in the parking lot on the seawall or in support of the beach team if they have any people violating the ordinances. So in the center of town, that would be where the focus is, where most of the congestion is. Right. Okay. Any other questions, anyone? Okay. Right. You're comfortable with that? Okay. Mary, do you want me to go on to the second? Yeah, keep going. Okay, this second one's a little more difficult, and some of you will remember that a couple meetings ago we had some residents come in and talk about the challenges with resident permit parking. Obviously a challenging issue in the town because we don't have sufficient space. Uh, what we wanted to do is take a look at it and make a determination of the situation and also um, understand potential actions going forward. So once again, we put a team together. Heather was kind enough to support this one as well, including walking every parking spot, every house in the downtown area where our primary problem is. But the major issue that we found is, is there's insufficient parking, obviously, to meet the residents' needs. And in addition to uh, doing the work with the team, we also talked to several residents, and their primary complaints were around two areas. Number one, they felt that illegal parkers, and, and uh, the police department has worked quite aggressively to deal with that in downtown, but it still remains a challenge. It uses up some of the spots, the limited number of spots, and makes it difficult for the residents to park in their designated areas. Um, the second item that they identified was, and this is the residents speaking, they're only allocated two passes per household. And in some cases, they feel they need more than that. Obviously, if you issue more than that, it doesn't fix the problem because there's a limited number of parking spaces. So we wanted to look at it holistically, and it was interesting because you learn something every time you do an exercise like this. First of all, residents showing proof of address can get up to two per household unless there's extenuating circumstances. If there's a nurse that has to come to the house or if there's special access needs or disabilities, in, in very few cases are more than two issued per household. Last year, we issued 464 spots. That passes. And what's interesting is if you count the number of spots versus the number of houses, it comes pretty close to about two per. So it shows you that the available spots based on the number of households and permits is pretty close to imbalance, which means as soon as you do something with that balance, it kicks it off that people can't effectively park in those spaces. Illegal parkers, commercial traffic where people are working in houses. So how do we deal with the situation? So it looks like that is about imbalance, the number that are available, but nonetheless remains a problem. Now, interestingly enough, many of the homes in the downtown area have raised their houses. You would normally think that that provides additional parking because they'll have one to two spots underneath the house. A very large percentage of people use their garages for storage and don't put their cars in. That's a pretty common thing. So it doesn't necessarily result in additional parking spots when people elevate their houses. The other thing we noticed is there's an uneven demand and supply based on specific streets. Not all streets are the same. Some have parking only on one side, some have it on both sides, some have a lot of cutouts. So obviously it's not a one-size-fits-all. And in talking with the chief, hundreds of tickets were literally given out last year for illegal resident parking. So it has been a focus area for the police department to try to get the situation under control. So we identified a couple of relief valves and areas that the residents could deal with this problem. 
Number one, and I suspect they know this, there's free 24-hour day parking on the public lots from September 15th to May 15th. So if you can't find a spot on the block, you can always park on the public lot during the off-season time. It's a little bit of a walk, but it's a parking spot. The second thing is, all year long, you can park overnight from 9 p.m. to 9 a.m. and no charge. But your car has to be out of the parking lot by 9 a.m. So that's another bit of a challenge for people, but it does make spots available. The other thing that the chief and I talked about, and this was something a lot of residents didn't know, is if they park in their own cutout, their own driveway, and they hang a permit on their window, they will not be ticketed when they're parked in their own driveway. So a lot of people assume they can't do that. So in talking with the chief, he said, if somebody is parking in a cutout, a driveway, they have a pass hanging there, it's incumbent on the owner of the house to call if that's not their car. If they don't call, the police are not going to ticket it. So there is an interesting way that people can actually pick up additional spots because a lot of people felt if they parked in their own driveway, even with a pass, they could potentially get a ticket. So that's something we want to communicate because if you park in your own driveway with a permit pass, it's not going to be ticketed unless the homeowner calls. Yeah. Does that mean if you're parking on the street in the driveway or by the Blocking the driveway. Yes. Basically blocking the driveway. Yeah, in blocking your own driveway. Not blocking the sidewalk. Effectively. Okay, so there were some additional steps that we looked at to possibly improve the situation. And this is literally trying to fit five pounds into a four pound bag, right? There's no easy solutions here. But number one, and we've talked about this, and I think that the police department's going to do this, increase the enforcement of illegal parking to maintain as many spots as we can for residents. That's got to be number one. We also know that illegal parking on the side streets now is $125 this year instead of $50, which was last year. So we're hoping that by the increased value of the ticket, it's going to help curb communication is going to get out there. If you park illegally on those streets and there are signs up to say it's a $125 ticket, not the $50 that it used to be, where some people would just park and say it's worth the $50. We found a spot on Poppinger Lane where it looks like there's four to six spots that are not presently designated for resident parking. Now this is a short-term issue because Poppinger Lane is going to get folded into the whole Denmos project, the Haven project and affect what happens there. But in the interim, the possibility exists that four to six additional spots can be used to help the downtown area. Um, one of the other things that's gonna happen is the Haven Project, the Riverfront Project, is going to have 15 public parking spots. They're responsible for the parking of their own residents, but 15 public parking spots. The intention of those is to attract public people coming to the walkway along the river, the dog run, the fish cleaning station, the kayak launch, we could consider designating some of those 15 spots for resident parking not in the Haven Project. That is a way of freeing up, pick the number, two, four, six, eight, whatever it is to relieve some of the problem, potentially downtown. Downtown there's 116 houses and 237 parking spots. It's exactly in balance, which means there's no excess. So anything we can do to actually improve that situation would be helpful. We kicked around a couple of recommendations, which I would not necessarily suggest, but just to, to consider the possible. Allocate public spots to a limited number of residents in the public lot. Don't think that's a great idea because the average spot generates $1,600 a year in revenue. So every spot that we would give up, give up 10 of them, that's $16,000 worth of parking revenue that we lose. That is a way of doing it for year-round parking, but not necessarily something we'd recommend. So the last thing in here is several of the residents said, really what I need is I need a third pass. Well, maybe you get a third pass, but it doesn't fix the problem that we have of insufficient parking. 
So I wouldn't recommend, or we would not recommend that as a problem, as a solution, because it wouldn't solve it. So, Mayor, I think we've looked at this, we've exhausted it about as much as we can at this point in time. The bottom line is there's no easy solution. You said this at the first meeting. We're limited in space, but we should focus on increased enforcement and wherever we can, adding additional spots without negatively impacting the town. Questions? We have a lovely fireman's fair coming up, and we've got some booths <coughs> that we need to manage and we need staff for. So volunteers are greatly appreciated. Um, I'm gonna I, we created a sign up genius link, um, and so we're gonna start sending that around, and um, we'll try and post it on the website, and then maybe we can get a little message out on the the backlit sign to look for town volunteers who want to help man the booths. So we okay. want to get a head start on that, so we don't come the weekend before and are trying to find people to man five-hour shifts behind the booth, even though it's a lot of fun. But we want to get ahead of the game on that one. Can you remember what the dates are? The 11th through the 14th. 12, 13, 14, yeah. Jody and I did it last year. It's a ball. Yeah, it's, it's fun. So the, the more, obviously, the more volunteers we get, the shorter shifts we can make. But we just kind of want to have a running group of people and it would be great for some of us to kind of, I think, yeah. be behind. Sam's available for those. Excellent. <laughs> 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 Thursday night. Yeah. Five, five to 11 on Thursday? Uh, or five to 12? Something yeah. like that. Yeah. Yeah, we'll, we'll post the times yeah. when it gets a little yeah, but we wanted to start doing the volunteers and kind of spreading that news. So if you know anyone in town, maybe you can bring someone to do the booth with you, and then it becomes, you know, fun. So out of town's great too, um, but it, that's it's a nice sense of community. The more people we get um, that are supporting the fireman's fair, and again, all the proceeds from the booth goes to the rec center. So last year we generated four thousand dollars worth of revenue from the management of the booths. So there's, um, there's that, you know, additional dollars for the rec center. Um, also, we are looking to um, submit a grant, and I'll touch base with um, Jeff, but um, John's wife sent through a great opportunity for a national fitness grant. It's this really cool kind of fitness court outside, and we want to submit a grant and maybe look at the, the Shrewsbury, the River Park in time so it could become a space where you could have like an outdoor gym sort of court that could be utilized especially once the the bridge gets done there's going to be a lot of work that needs to be done with the riverfront park so we want to take a look and submit that grant in the future uh there was also a local uh, I can send, or I can show you um, what the program is. It's um, it's kind of a you know when you see some fitness machines that are used outside. Okay. It's kind of like a, a course that's all about um, outdoor fitness. 
And so it would be a nice addition to not just having, the park is great with all the benches to take a look at, but it's also an opportunity for additional space to have people outside just enjoying the space. So we'll, we'll see where we can go with that grant. Um, also there's a, last year there was a local recreation improvement grant that um, some neighboring towns have received about $70,000 worth of grants. So we wanna keep our eye on that one moving forward to see if they're gonna offer it next year, or this year currently, um, and get prepared for that, because that would have been a, a great opportunity. So we just wanna keep our eyes on a couple of grants coming down the pipe. Okay. You got it, yours. Alright, next. Okay. Cut Scouts, Pinewood Derby, Saturday, 422, 8.30 in the morning. Bring your cars, start your engines. Um, I'll meet them over there and, you know, get them squared away. Um, but they, they had a good outing last year. They're expecting 100 kids to participate in that little thing and they film it. And they have a Facebook page for the Cub Scouts. They all the, this is the area uh, winners, so they won at their local pack, and this is the next level uh, for Monmouth County. What's that date again, I'm sorry? Saturday, this Saturday. Oh, okay. um, I, I didn't know, I don't know if we saw it, did we get the stormwater grant? Did we get something? We got $15,000. $15,000 stormwater grant. Just for applying. Just we'll for get applying, 10, and if we submit everything else, there's another ten. Thousand mm -hmm. available That's for right. stormwater. So uh, Joe has a copy of that, I believe, and uh, he, he initiated the original one. I did mention the repaving move to May 8th. Um, we're working on the check valves. Uh, Dave got a new proposal from a different contractor, uh, but Joe and I should still try to reach out to the former person. Um, on behalf of putting the Foot showers out by the uh, rec center. Um, when I was removing the sand from that wall, there were two troughs that said water. I was like, well, if I found water, that's really great. But they're just <laughs> cabinets. They plumbed up a PVC and was prepared for if we ever wanted electrical water on the beach. Right? But when the New Jersey American Water was here, I asked him what would it take, and he said he could put a meter right near Donovan's in that corner, and then we could run water to the staircase and put a trough there for water, rather than on that building which doesn't like water. <laughs> the building didn't like water. Uh, it's a minimal fee uh, for the meter a month. It's seasonal, so you shut it off at the end of the year. And uh, we would have to just get in line of how long does it take to do a meter. And then he said, you take it from the meter to where you want it. This way there's no additional cost. And uh, it could run right along the wall, just trench it out and put a pipe, blow it out in the winter. They're going to come and take the meter anyway at the end of the season. So it's an option to... I got the full washes out for Great. And I did mention to Don, you me the other day about something else. But um, I think that would be a good solution. It won't bring any sand over to where we don't want it and we could properly administer to it. Um, so that, I think that would be a really good thing. Um, just for whatever, I, I did post, we have some openings in Public Works for the summer. Um, I posted them on Facebook yesterday. 
uh, Rob indicated he got two candidates right now, so we had enough, right? So we have a lot of work to get done between now and Memorial Day, and uh, we could use some help to it. That's two, two openings? No, we have more than two openings, but we have two candidates. Oh, okay. So we'll, we'll see how that goes. We, we, we did lose our Robert, who used to take care of the you know, cleaning services and stuff. So You're tired. I asked pub, Public Works to uh, make sure that the toweling you know, and those bathrooms are checked over there until we figure out Plan B. What did he, he, he retired. He retired? Yeah. He told us on the day he retired that he wasn't coming back. <laughs> <laughs> so. uh, that's it. Thanks, John. Thanks everybody for coming out tonight. The meeting is, hopefully, is our turn. Yeah. Yeah, come on. <laughs>